0: I read from Acts 10, verses 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay. For several days it looks like a burger it cooks like a burger it tastes like a burger and even bleeds like a burger but there's no beef in it instead the burger is made out of plant based beef alternative, and the bleeding comes from beet juice. The burger is produced by a company called Beyond Meat, and if you're looking for a meat alternative to throw onto the grill, you can now buy it ready to cook Beyond Meat at Whole Foods. It's right there next to the real stuff. Beyond Meat is a health-driven disruption in the food business. Health-driven disruption is the phrase the business magazine Fast Company uses. More often than not, change requires disruption. Now, put that in your brain in capital letters. Change causes Disruption. Just think about the change-driven disruptions that are here or are to come in cars. We already, for several years, have had hybrid cars. One man I know back in Colorado has a hybrid car, and he said my custom was to go to the restroom when I needed to fill the gas tank but the hybrid car I have will go 700 miles on a tank of gas. Uh, I can't wait that long. Many companies are developing total electric cars and now the self-driving car is being tested. Think of the number of business that driverless cars will affect and cause disruptions. Parking, real estate, law enforcement, insurance, legal professions, hotels, media, and entertainment, food and package delivery, auto repair, and auto manufacturing. I think insurance and law enforcement and legal professions have already been affected by the driverless cars as there's been a few crashes. In Acts 10, we have a gentile disruption. The story opens with an army officer in Caesarea, Named Cornelius. He and his household were devout and gave to the needy. An angel appeared to him and told him his prayers had been answered. The angel told him to send a detail to Joppa and find a man named Peter. In the meantime, Peter went up on the roof before breakfast, to pray and meditate. He found himself very hungry and fell asleep while breakfast was being made ready. I suspect sometimes we all have had the same trouble during meditation, early in the morning or even late in the evening. Actually, the Bible didn't say he fell asleep. He fell into a trance. What he, while he was in the trance, he saw a sheet lowered from heaven with four-footed animals, with creepy things, wild animals, and birds on it. A voice came to him and said, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter was horrified. I have never eaten anything common or unclean. The voice then said, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Well, this was done three times. And then the sheet and the animals disappeared and went away. While Peter was thinking about the meaning of what he had just seen and heard, three men from Caesarea arrived at the gate and invited him to go with them. Now the Bible doesn't say if he ever got his breakfast or not. Arriving, Peter acknowledged that it was unlawful for Jews to visit with Gentiles but then he reported God had shown him that he should not call anything common or unclean that God had made no one should be excluded even those who ate burgers that bled beet juice or rode in driverless cars Peter preached the good news about Jesus to Cornelius and his friends and family. Now you can read this sermon in uh, verses ahead of what I read, Acts 10, 34 through 43. It wasn't a long sermon, if it only took that many verses. Then this event ushered in a new era for the young church. While Peter was still speaking, The Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. Yes, fell upon all who heard the word, Gentiles as well as Jews. It was a spirit-driven disruption, one that actually disrupted Peter's preaching. The Jewish believers were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. They were like meat eaters tasting their first Beyond Burger. They had a hard time believing that non-Jews were speaking in tongues and extolling the Lord. Peter knew that he was in the middle of a spiritual disruption and radical change and that a new reality was being born. He asked his fellow believers, can anyone withhold water for baptizing from these people who have received the Holy Spirit? You could hear a pin drop. No one said a word. So Peter ordered Cornelius and his family and friends to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Normal operations had been disrupted, and they could never go back to the way things were before. The falling of the Spirit on the Gentiles began a new era in the life of the church. By, changing, by making this change, God was enabling Gentiles to hear the gospel and be a part of the community of faith, which until now the Jewish purity laws had prohibited. The president of Princeton Theological Seminary wrote, one of the first lessons the early church had to learn was how to accept the Samaritan, the Gentile, and even the eunuch who believed in Jesus Christ as Savior. Disruption is always difficult. The churches today are still learning how to accept the stranger God has chosen to include in the community of Christian faith. When Peter reported this experience to the church in Jerusalem, he encountered resistance and criticism, but he concluded his report by asking a question that silenced his critics. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? What a great question. Who are we to resist a spirit-driven disruption. If God wants us to change and do a new thing, who are we to say no? Disruption can create tension. It happened in the early church and it happens today. People want to enforce traditions and beloved ways of doing things. Tensions are tricky Because they do not always break down into right and wrong or good and bad. Jesus was disrupting. Jesus healed on the Sabbath. That was a no-no. He touched women who were considered unclean. That was a no-no. He welcomed little children. And as hard as it may believe, that was a no-no he performed the company he preferred rather the company of sinners over that of saints in all these ways he favored diversity of god's people over the purity of the religious laws they had been practicing jesus was never afraid to push for change even in the face of opposition he was a spirit-driven disrupter. Jesus changed the world by taking an old approach to purity and replacing it with a new and better one. Susan Andrews, the former moderator of the Presbyterian Church USA, says it this way. Jesus changed a purity law, and turns it in to a purity of love. So what does that all mean for us? Those of you who have been in the New Beginnings small groups this week received an assessment report, some 86 or 87 pages. This is an assessment of our congregation. It contains a thorough examination of our congregation and the community in which the church building sits. You don't have to read very far to learn what you already know. The congregation is shrinking, has fewer resources, is getting older, and we're not just talking about buildings. It's not serving the immediate community very well and needs to turn these trends around in some way. Therefore, we are looking for spirit-driven disruptions. The fact that 90-plus people have already answered the call to the, of the spirit to agree to be a part of this process is indeed exciting. And it gives us hope that the Spirit will lead us to some changes in following the leading of Jesus Christ in ministry at this time and in this place. Amen.